Okay, so guys, welcome back to the Humanity Jitsu Podcast. And you are joining us for our first episode of 2021, and it's a really good one. I'm joined by five-time world champion Margot Ceccarelli. I totally didn't write it down phonetically to make sure I'd say it right. That's a, that's a scholar's rumor, and I, I don't much appreciate the accusation. So what's up, Margot? <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much, of course, for inviting me onto the podcast as well. And I'm honored to be the first guest of 2021 as well. Also, there is actually another milestone we're ticking off. I've had, I've actually never had a female brown belt on the podcast. I've had plenty of purple, blues, and a few blacks, but never uh, a brown belt. Uh, one thing I'm always curious about with each of my guests is how you first got started in jiu-jitsu, and like, did you train anything else before starting it? So my beginning, really, in martial arts in general, was probably when I was like, around six years old. I've been in Chinese martial arts my entire life. Like I was very um, inspired and influenced by the Hong Kong martial arts movie scene. Like so many actors that you probably know, like Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Bruce Lee and all that were like really big influences on me while I was growing up. Um, so I did practice Chinese Kung Fu, so Wushu, uh, Wing Chun and stuff as I was growing up. Um, I have a very mixed sort of like physical background in general just between like dance and martial arts and I power lifted for seven years before I even got into uh, jiu-jitsu well I was kind of like halfway through my powerlifting really like um I started jiu-jitsu when I was um I think I just turned I was just about to turn 19 years old so I'm 27 now I just turned 27 in November so I've been doing jiu-jitsu since 2012 um the story begins pretty much, I was like finishing high school and one of my friends that I used to religiously lift with, um, he was a black belt in judo and also a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. And he just asked me like, hey, you're already doing so many of these like martial arts and stuff over the years. Like, why don't you just come and try a jiu-jitsu class? So I was like, why not, you know, like, let's just go, like, you should always be open to having new experiences. So I would go along with them. And I thought, you know, for someone who had been training martial arts in general for like over a decade already at the time, like 13 years, that I wouldn't be so incompetent on the floor, you know? It was just like a completely different world. I felt like a fish out of water. So that was like where I kind of was like literally Load in, you know. You said puns, so I got puns for you. Uh, <laughs> you got the first pun of the episode, Mister. All these people are like, "Oh, the bats are an ocean, and I'm a shark." I'm like, you fucking, you're a fish suddenly. Like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I'm a fish. I'm a lightweight. Come on, no shark. What a shark is a lightweight? Well, you could be, you could be a, a basking shark. They're like really small and slender sharks. I think oh so. God. Yeah, but anyway, so. Yeah, I was so shocked at how the dialogue to myself was basically, how could I allow myself to be so incompetent? Or like, I'm missing this uh, huge area from fighting, you know? And that was where I just started. Like, from the first week, I was training like two times a week. And then the second week, it was like five times a week. And then by the third week, I was just training every day. I was like very obsessed very quickly, you know? I just like kind of latched on very quickly um, and that that very quickly 
uh, took me all across the world. Like already at my second month in jiu-jitsu, I was in Hawaii for three months. Like I was doing a work experience placement at an observatory out there. Because at the time I thought I was going to be majoring in astrophysics. So I purposely did a placement out there to firstly just to have like more independence because you know I just like finished high school got to go to college and all that um and venturing off there I was like training jiu-jitsu every day I was training MMA and Muay Thai but then I think by like the second year of me training um training those things I, I I realized that it was much more passionate and more interest more interested in general about pursuing jujitsu and that you know to divide my time between all three things was really going to limit me and if I wanted to just see where it was going to take me or rather I like this phrase a lot exploring into the unknown or diving into the unknown because like we don't know don't really know I didn't really know where I was going to go at the time like whether I'm like using apostrophe hands right now, but like professional, like what is professional jiu-jitsu as well? I can call myself a professional, but it's still growing art, it's still growing sport, mm. you know? So I didn't know where exactly it was gonna take me at the time, but all I knew was, I was very passionate to really explore this domain in that way. Um, first competition, I went into, competition fairly fast I think maybe there's people who are faster than me but um I didn't want to compete at first to be honest um what? one of my I don't know it just didn't interest me at the time you know I I thought my idea at the time I would say as a white belt the idea of going into competition is that you should feel ready um I didn't feel like I was good enough at the time like I, so after Hawaii, I eventually ended up in Hong Kong. So I was in Asia. Um, and my professor, like Brazilian professor, um, and she was like, oh, you should go do this uh, competition. More or less his accent. I was like, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And I was like, no, no, you have to go. You have to do this. I'm like, oh my God. Okay, so I'm going to try do pretty much the same shit that I'm doing. I'm gonna train every day, but like with a little bit more intention, you know, like, okay, I'm going to competition, like I'm gonna fight hard, you know, but it's like, it's still your first time. You don't really know what to anticipate for. I can truly say that, that that competition is very, very different from how I conduct myself at competitions nowadays, but it was about six months into my jujitsu journey in general. Um, also, it was a mixed white and blue tournament in Hong Kong. It was called Copa the Hong Kong. But um, the mixed white and blue was actually, it involved participants that were coming from all over Asia, like Southeast Asia in general. Like they were coming for the Abu Dhabi trials, Hong Kong. I didn't enter the trials itself, but the participants who were doing the trials decided to enter both. It's a little bit like the format of... Um, like Master Worlds that just happened in December 2020. Like if you're not masters, you can do like Vegas Open, pretty much something like that sort of format. Um, and I did fairly well, but I would say I was really not technical at the time. I think I really started to flourish after this competition, you know, like, oh my God, like I need to refine how I enter a competition experience, you know? And I, I think very much, since then, like my mindset around competition is very, very different 
it's a huge contrast to like the just the process of what eight years of work has taken me through but yeah so first competition I was I know I don't want to do this now it's like I, I go into competitions and, and like I kind of hang out in the bullpen like it's my sofa <laughs> <laughs> it feels very very nice like people think I'm crazy that like, I'm on Facebook in the bullpen people are like why are you on Facebook you go focus I'm like your definition your version of focus is different from my focus just because I'm on my phone doesn't mean I'm not focused you know People like to apply what is true to them, but that's their truth. It's not my truth. Mm. Now you're probably going to say that I sound like a 10th planet guy. Like, like truly, I've never really stepped foot in a 10th planet gym. Like, maybe once or twice only. <laughs> what, you mean to tell me you don't vaporize people with fucking upside-down meat hook rubber guard? What the hell's wrong with oh, you? Oh, my, my, my terminology is complicated enough as it is. I <laughs> uh, see. Now, just one thing I, I've been dying to say. It's sort of a, you said you're like, astrophysics and shit you were look you were uh, studying initially right i was looking to go into that i ended up in engineering instead like there's just a lot of talk from people in general about you know look for something more practical i i think in my heart i i knew that it was something that i wanted to do but i i had a feeling like it just like i guess you could say intuition that i was going to try and follow through with martial arts and stuff mm. like it just seemed like a calling in a way you know like finding at, at least for this quarter of the century of my life you know <laughs> well it's not like you're having a quarter life crisis or anything don't worry about it <laughs> that is the thing look into it i i thought that was bullshit like there's no fucking way a quarter life crisis is actually a thing way out of here like people in their 20s getting all existentialist and shit but see one thing i was gonna ask this is like uh it was just a point about the astrophysics. So, oh, you must play a lot of Galaxy Guard then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it, it wouldn't be untrue, I would say. <laughs> uh, see, like, it's fucking annoying because, like, I saw this video a while back of what was Galaxy Guard. And it's just, when Keenan first, like, made this thing, or started, started doing it, he's like, oh, this is Galaxy Guard and this is the Orbit Sweep. But then he changed the name of that to Squid Guard and Galaxy Guard is this whole other thing. And now I feel like an idiot because I don't. I think Squid Guard is Galaxy Guard. And I don't know what Galaxy Guard is. I'm like, I'm fucking confused. I'm confused myself right I now saying I don't think, I don't think any of it actually matters though, you know? It's like different schools also have different phrases or words for different techniques. But at the end of the day, you're going to call me a planet person again. It's all, it's all just labels as long as you actually know how the moves uh relate to each other i think that's the only important thing you know i think the reasoning for all the terminology is just to make it easier to discuss but other than that it doesn't matter so don't stress andrew don't stress you can call it anything you like you can continue to call it galaxy god and nobody would judge you or i won't judge you at least nah it's so weird though because that shit comes into like this has just happened to me like recently i was trying to find some details about like uh I call this the you know the compression arm bar. It's like the overhook one where you have the arm under elbow and you're compressing it downwards. You know, you'd know what it is like obviously to see. But some people call it something different. It's like oh the Marcello arm bar, the telephone arm bar, the fucking compression arm bar. So trying to look it up. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. It's, so, it's, it's so just weird. like you know, absolutely. I, I definitely can relate to that frustration. Like <laughs> earlier on in my jujitsu life, I felt like. Now, like, 
I don't know, there's just so many different resources online, like whether it's BJJ Fanatics and now Jiu-Jitsu X and all of this stuff. Like, I think Kino makes so much new terminology that is just like intended to <laughs> overwhelm people, you know, like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm missing out because I don't know what the Latvian handcuff is, you know, I'm like, oh my God, like, are we, are we really doing this right now? Like, but it, it's very smart in terms of like that, that kind of world of digital marketing and stuff, you know, it's just mm -hmm. more like, how do you, again, lure people in like a fish, you know, you need more fish. <laughs> here we go again with the fish so like while we're talking about like online content you actually have uh online coaching like stuff as well right yes absolutely uh, so what would, what would people be expecting like if they went, went to you for stuff like uh obviously the bolos and shit no no shit like uh what can people expect <laughs> like what that, that's what you're, what you're gonna get mainly oh <laughs> uh, i mean like to be honest like i think the role of the coach is not really isolated to technique because for technique there is an immense amount of information already available for free online I think the role of a coach is to help direct you in a direction and give you guidance so I act more as a mentor to people of course if they want specific techniques from me because I, I know like I'm well known for certain specializations uh hashtag barren balls and shit and also pals. <laughs> so of course, a lot of people do come to me for this, but I think uh, also what I offer online is um, a series of different like webinars that can be viewed either live or replay. I do have like a series of like online classes that I'll be working on, but like in general, like I think an instructional is intended to teach technique and the online coaching program itself is intended to accelerate people's progress, you know, because I think without a coach, that can really direct you it, it's hard at times to really be your own maestro or like direct yourself because you usually gravitate to things that you like or things that you desire like not everybody has a very systematic way of thinking or it's hard to actually define a system without understanding um really what are the fundamentals like how, how to build a system a movement system as such rather than like i don't like to make it sound super wanky and shit i think a lot of teachers nowadays are like oh my god system 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 and they don't even know what a system is i'm like oh my goodness <laughs> it's just like how can we actually simplify things for our students or like just for people in general mm. so this is this is how this is how i like to call my online teaching or online coaching experience in general like i act as a mentor and i'm here to guide you technique is like secondary almost i mm. see that's why i like when people like what say what you want about john danaher like uh i'm not a fan of his teaching method i don't like uh sort of it's like a he's like a jiu-jitsu thesaurus and lexicon and shit i don't like i don't like big words and shit when i'm being taught jiu-jitsu it's like oh well fulcrums levers and axes and shit. <laughs> uh, that's a terrible yeah, accent that's a very no that was actually pretty pretty good uh, see like I, I don't appreciate a teaching method where it's like a lecture i'm like eh, I, I just don't like being lectured in general but see i could get this that's why i like when gary tonin names his fucking uh his instructional exit the system when every other one calls him enter the system and he's just like like exit the system you know it's a pretty smart play on words <laughs> i mean you know the also 
it depends also on the desire of the teacher, right? Because my, my desire and my mission as a teacher is to try and talk in the student's language. So if they want me to talk in a very sophisticated, wanky sort of like lecture sort of language, I can do that. But if they want to be talk, if they want me to, to speak to them, a very simple English in general, it's like, again, like the idea is to simplify it as much as possible so everybody can understand it. I think it is a failure as a teacher if you cannot translate information in the way that people can consume. You know, like if you can only convey it to a specific audience, you're sort of, I would define it a little bit elitist in certain ways, you know, like if you purposely want to sound very advanced and stuff, and this is not any discredit to John, because like I've also trained uh, with John and I think he's an amazing teacher. I love wanky language too, so <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I think this is my personal mission as a teacher. Like I want everybody to be able to understand techniques, whether it's like something so that people think variables are complicated. And so I don't think it's complicated. I think it's very simple, but I think people make it seem very elusive, right? So it's, there's this, uh, yeah, there's just this perception, right? But it's simple. If you understand it well and deeply, anything is simple. There's all these universal movement concepts behind every move that isn't just limited to jujitsu. It's just to move, the human body, everybody has a body, right? There's only so many ways you can move your body in any sort of discipline, whether you're in the kitchen making a cup of tea or whether you're trying to kimura someone, like there's only so many different ways you're gonna be able to move it, you know? So if you try enough times, whether it's jujitsu, whether it's taekwondo, whether it's ballet, you're gonna see a lot of crossovers, you know? And again, like this whole idea like what we were talking about a little bit earlier in our conversation, like just labels in general. It doesn't doesn't matter. It's just labels to be able to discuss a move uh, more easily. Well, one thing I'm wondering, like, when did you first start doing the Baron Bolo? Like, when, like when you started hitting in competition? Like, when did you notice like success was being was being had with this certain like technique? Um, I already started to get certain Baron Bolos and like early blue belt competition, but again, like I was based also in Asia at the time, specifically Hong Kong, so. The skill level discrepancy, like internationally, it's really, really big, you know, and in Asia, I would say I was one of the top athletes at the time. Um, and I always say knowledge is power, you know, like simply I was able to hit it because nobody knew how to counter, nobody knew how to defend. And this was also a little bit of the allure for me was trying to learn things that other people didn't know. Like, I also feel I was like one of the first people in the UK to play with lapels, like not to say like no one played with lapels before in a classic sense like my previous instructor also uh, Jude Samuel who's based in London he's been playing with lapels for like for the last 15 years or so so definitely he was like already doing it way before I was but I, I mean more so in the sense like of what became popularized as worm god by like Keenan and stuff so I was like really studying his system or like rather like his uh, DVD at the time and really trying to get it to work for me in class and stuff. But the first time that I ever looked at the Baron Bowl, I was a white belt. So I don't blame white belts for wanting to, you know, try and train the move. You know, you hear a lot in the strongest, like, ah, like, why is this guy trying to learn Baron Bowls and he doesn't even have a half decent close guard? But my, my honest um, view on that is if it 
is fun for you, it keeps you happy, why not? I don't, I don't think there is any right or wrong way to go about it as long as it, you feel encouraged to come to class. I think that's already a huge thing, you know, especially in this sort of cli uh, global climate with COVID and all of this and limited training. Like, if you can only train three times a week and it's socially distanced classes, et cetera, like right now, um, like even in New York, it's still very limited. You know, it's not in a full training operation yet. Like if you have very limited access to training, of course you should do what you enjoy and have fun. But yeah, not to go on any long tangents. The first time in competition was at Blue Belt. The first time I tried training it and drilling it with my partners was at White Belt. And I learned something really, like I learned something new about the movement still, even though I'm like eight years deep now, you know? So the learning process is never ending. No, I get you. See, is there any submission in particular that you just uh, is your favorite one, whether it just be in competition, training, or just wherever you are? Just even if you're on the dance floor and someone's giving you a hard time, just fucking slash them in a kimura or something. Is there any? <laughs> is there any submission that is your favorite one? <laughs> oh my goodness! Like if I was, <laughs> I don't know if I'm flying triangle with someone at the club, but <laughs> well, I put a guy in the guillotine at a club one time. It, it, it's it's a, it, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I fuck you not. Like, I tried to bear and bolo someone in a club before, but like, it was across like tables. I smashed quite a few glasses. Like, this is many, many years ago already. Like, I sound like a broken radio. Like, I recall it almost as if it's still fresh, but this oh happened like gosh. when I was 21, at least, you know? So, still quite a while ago. Like, I really don't like go out that much, like, outside of like training and stuff. I'm more like docile these days. Um, where, where was I? Clubs? No, sorry. Favorite move. Okay. <laughs> a favorite submission. I would say like throughout my career, like triangle has consistently been one of my favorite and top submissions, but really in recent, like, I would say probably since like middle of November, like I've definitely been on like an armbar wave. So that that's coming for sure. Like just now every time I'm in class or like every time like I manage to roll, it's just in my head. I'm like, oh my God, like what, what are my options? Like, where can I find it from? Or what are the variations of the armbar mechanics? I was recently also like um, studying an instructional from us. I don't, don't know if you're familiar with the instructor Silver Fox. He's also based in the East Coast of the US. Uh, like also, I, like, I, I know, know of him, like I've heard of him a few times. Yeah, no, master at armbars, like really phenomenal details for like finishes and stuff. So if you ever need to check anything out, like he, he's the man. Mm. I tell you, I'd hate to I hate to be the person who uh, is on the receiving end of uh, of you in competition when they when you find out about triangle arm bars when you put the two together and they're all like, oh fuck oh, me. No. <laughs> Man, that's no, 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 honestly, if I can't get the triangle, that's that's what's happening usually. <laughs> Man, it'll be a dark day for the brown belt division that day. <laughs> Oh no, Black Belt's got to watch out soon, man. <laughs> yeah, they, they better not get complacent. Well, I tell you, the second you're promoted, a sigh of relief will be felt all throughout the Brown Belt's fucking division. Like, oh God, thank fuck. She's gone. Oh no, I, I'm pretty sure that's what happened at the, the Purple Belt division when I got promoted because they were like, you, you've just been here so long. Give someone a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, about, how about the rest of them get good? Like, way out of that. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you know... Yeah, uh, it, it is what it is, is what I say. It, it's something. It's something. Ah, uh, you know, shit happens. 
Uh, but see, I actually got a few questions off the Instagram there and the, the Reddit. You saw the Reddit. I got, I said, I'll pull this up. I got one off Instagram. I was like, what? Sure, sure. That's it. Uh, this guy asks, any bad experience at gyms, red flags to look out for for someone looking for a new gym? Red flags. Um, it depends, you know, like I, I think the female and male experience also is drastically different in certain ways, you know, but um, it depends what your values are. Like for me, like one of my main core values is having freedom and not feeling restricted. Like this goes not just for me in the jujitsu gym, but in my life in general, if I feel restricted, if I don't feel like I have freedom, then what am I doing? You know, I, I feel like I should be able to make my own choices. So I, I say this in the way, like if you value cross training and you want to actively cross train at different gyms and stuff, then that is definitely a conversation you should be having with your instructor and stuff. Um, general red flags, like, I mean, I, I haven't had, I wouldn't say I had majorly bad experiences. Like I have had like some bitter relationships with um, ex-instructors, but like just in terms of like, they did not resonate with the same values as me. So then we had a little bit of conflict in terms of like, okay, like cross-training, it becomes political a little bit in that sense, you know? So that that is why I'm trying to um, emphasize the importance of communicating, communicating clearly, you know, not just like trying to do things in the background and then your teacher finds out, it's like, ah, then it becomes a big deal and all of this stuff. Um, but yeah, minus like this little, conflict I had with one of my ex-instructors. I haven't personally had any bad experiences. I have definitely heard of a lot of bad experiences and just nothing personal from my side. Um, but red flags, like, I guess, this is a little bit controversial, I think, but like um, a lot, no, just in the sense, like a lot of people are a little bit um, tentative about relationships and gyms and stuff, and that easily can go sour. So just be a little bit careful about that. I don't have any drama for you on this topic. <laughs> oh, no, see, I, I don't want to touch that with a six-foot ball. I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. Uh, don't shit where you eat. I don't, I don't fuck with that. Now, plus, you know, like... It, Oh, sorry. It's definitely a, no. It's definitely like a sensitive topic. They're definitely like very successful relationships that are in gyms. Like, of course, you can see like Lachlan Giles and Livia Giles. Like, they they made it work, and there's lots of people who make it work. But just depends again, like how much maturity both of those people have. Like, I totally think it's fine. Like, you know, it's like some people are like, oh, don't date in the workplace. You know, it's the same thing. If you both have emotional maturity and you can communicate clearly with clarity i don't think it's an issue but unfortunately a lot of people don't have those skills which is why it, <laughs> it can become a little bit sticky you know what i mean mm. now the whole thing about cross train as well since we were on that topic is like uh there's yeah. two things i want to get into like uh if an instructor ever gets like pissy at you for going to another gym to train at that's just like snips of insecurity or like well uh they're obviously think oh if he goes to this other gym he might think our gym's better and go fucking train there well well if they do like the other more, fucking let them go. Like, fuck it. Who cares? Or if, if you're so secure in your own thing, you should be all like, well, my gym is better. And if he knows that, he'll fucking stay here. Whatever. That's that's my opinion on that. Plus the other one. See, the other thing, I, I was looking at a whole bunch of like uh, 
Facebook, uh, what's the post? Like, I'm always on a whole bunch of groups on Facebook about jiu-jitsu. And I see this a lot, like, oh, is it cool to go to another gym or do I have to ask my instructor? And I, I just said one time, and this got a lot of likes, like, your instructor doesn't fucking own you. Go do what you want. Like, who cares? Yeah, it's true at the end of the day, you know? I think it's just that, in, in a sense, just having grown up in a traditional martial arts background, I can understand why there is this sort of like, ooh, like, should I ask my instructor? Because like, there is a, a level of respect that a lot of people, you know, they almost, almost in many gym settings, like the instructors worshiped in a certain way, right? So it was like, oh, I, ha I have to ask permission because that's the courteous thing to do. Like, if you look at like a little Japanese martial arts, especially like, it's very, very respectful. Like it's not, there isn't equality in that, in that setting, you know, there is a lot of respect, but as you can see, like the, the more senior ranked students and the instructors definitely get a lot more respect or they have a lot more authority, a lot more power. And when you bring it back, you know, like as soon as you step out of the gym, it's like, oh, that, that, that's over <laughs> in a way, right? Like, cause we're playing, we're practicing a modern, arts but many people also grew up in jujitsu and like the earlier days of the sport where i think they do hold these values still more dearly and again i do agree with your stance but i can also understand why those teachers act the way that they do and i think this is critical as well to not like kind of like shit on top of each other you know like oh i would do whatever the fuck i want to do like because at the end of the day yes like that that's also what i want right but to understand both sides of the story, I think it's super important. Yeah. I'd highly, 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 highly recommend people to cross train, 100%. It's just like, you know, if you just live in one place or you've never traveled the world, how, how limited would you be? Like your lens is only as big as your experiences. And I, I think, you know, the world is a beautiful place. Like regardless of like the, what, what's been happening in the world, like the last year or so, like there's a lot of things, a lot of, a lot to be seen, a lot to be experienced. And often like in the same way in a gym, there's a lot to be experienced outside of your own gym. Like there's a, what I've always loved about cross training over the years, like every time I would go to a different gym, especially um, between my white and blue belt years, I remember like, oh, I'm, I wonder what sort of jujitsu I'll see today. Or I wonder like what problems I'll encounter, you know, just in a way, like, again, like jujitsu is just all about problem solving essentially right is conflict resolution and i think it's nice just to like solve different problems if you're fighting with the same people every day it can get like it's a little bit boring to solve the same puzzle over and over like if you're playing a video game but you keep playing the same level it's like oh fuck me like how many times can i do the same level you know what i mean especially if that person isn't trying to grow you know some people are just going in the gym trying to like fuck each other up but it's the same shit every day you know mm. No, I get you. See, another question off the Reddit was, uh, is that, uh, I might be saying this wrong, is the Vasi Bap a useful solo drill? And if so, how can I integrate it into my game? I have no clue what the fucking Vasi Bap is. Like, what the fuck is this? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. What is this? Vasi, do you not know Stormzy? No, I don't, I don't, I don't listen to fucking music, especially new shit. Like I listen to old shit. Okay, no, no, it's just, it's just a dancing move. It's like fa fairly simple. Oh, but yeah, okay. no. So like, I highly recommend that you Google it afterwards. So like Vossi Bop was popularized by Stormzy more recently, I would say. But 
yes, any movement can be useful in my opinion. I have like pretty much sequenced a bunch of dance moves together and use the energy to setting because you know what actually matters like if you're trying to you're trying to fuck with someone's head like you should do things that they're not anticipating it's really fucking simple you know people are trying to be really intricate about their thought process like oh like i need to do xyz to get rid of this spider god and get out the lasso here like i'm like actually dude you need to close your fucking elbow and you could probably dance in that direction for all i can and you probably could still get out you know what i mean like it's just again understanding conceptually like how are they controlling you what is making that control strong what do you need to do movement wise to make that control less strong when that control is less strong can you understand where you need to move in the space right and again like this goes this links very closely again to the conversation that we had on like online coaching. This is why I want to educate people on like these simple ideas that will actually give you more clarity about where you need to go in relationship to your partner, right? Because like just breaking it down on the most basic level for me in my head, there's two sets of objectives which are between movement objectives. So where do you want to be? in the space next to your partner and finishing objective, which is based on, okay, I need to finish my partner. I need to find a submission. So I define movement objective just as, okay, if I'm in front of my partner, so let's say they're like behind the toe line, right? So like, let's say I'm standing, my partner's on their back on the mat with their legs in the air. What do I have to do? Oh, I need to get past the legs. Okay, I need to get past the hip line is the second objective. Okay, now if I can isolate the shoulder line and the head, then that has a control. So yeah, you can vossi but pass the hip line too. You know what I mean? Like anything is possible. You just have to have intention and set goals so you go in the right direction. But people want to overcomplicate it. It's like, oh no, his legs are in the air. He has a sleeve grip and then shit gets complicated, you know? It's like, people are almost trying to do maths, like, on <laughs> certain guard positions, you know? Like, I think, I, I can't blame people for that because I think I was once in a similar position, like, almost trying to find the fanciest techniques or the most complicated things. But even though, like, I, I would think many people who look at my guard game or, like, just my way of playing in general, whether it's my guard passing as well, um, they would probably consider it like to, the, to be in the more fancy side of the spectrum, you know, but in terms of like the way that I try to communicate with people, I'm really trying my best to simplify all of that. But yeah, so, sorry for the rant. <laughs> no, so long story short, you can vastly perhaps pass someone's guard. hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh, good. Okay, the next one is, uh, what are the best drills or stretches for inverting to maintain a healthy spine? I will do my best to post a YouTube video on this. But mm. honestly, it really depends where you hold tension in your body too, you know? I think a lot of the times, um, the easiest, one of the easiest things you could do after training or before training is like, um, wait, what body parts did he say? I just said healthy spine in general. He didn't like say oh, which, ver which vertebrae or anything. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no specific vertebrae. Okay, okay, that's good at least. Um, something like it's more of a concept. 
I would say, but like whether it's before or after training, like, especially for the spine, like this is a really nice topic. Um, the reason why the spine stiffens is often because we are in the same position for extended periods of time, or like we tense ourselves in those positions. So let's make an example of someone sitting at a desk or sitting at a computer, right? Like the reason why people get bad posture is because they stay in the same position for that like a couple of, couple of hours, right? But if you actually like make an active effort to consistently try and like posture up or move a shoulder forward, roll your shoulders back, do something like very small. Like this is more again in the context of like sitting at a desk, but like I really recommend people to look into spinal waves I know this can seem, oh shit, like Margo's talking about more fucking dance moves again. Like, no, 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 it's not more dance moves. Like, it's it's true. Like, a lot of jujitsu people don't know how to do a wave. Yeah, we can do all these complicated combinations of like lapel manipulation and all this shit. It's like basic body movement, but understanding how to spinal wave will really save your body. Like, you can do a standard spinal wave, which is in one direction, and you reverse it because this is a, a movement that incorporates the whole body again, like the spine is what we consider the posterior chain, but this is all just also like the wave will include our legs too. But again, as I said, I'm going to honor this question and I'm gonna reference like you can maybe send me his name or her name later. Mm -hmm. So you can reference it in my YouTube video. Yeah. But you know, I, I've been told to make some mobility videos and like just talk more on this topic in general. because I'm knowledgeable on this topic. I just don't really, uh, have the platform or like I have the platform but I don't use it mm. but I'll definitely work towards it mm. uh, guys Marco's YouTube channel will be linked in the description as well so if you, you could just click it there you don't have to go searching for it it'll just be there in the description of the in the show notes sorry <laughs> anyway also, oh my god you just made me remember something for fucking get this like uh, see uh, I uh, okay Bit of a preface because you know all the dancing thing just made me think remember something there a bit of an embarrassing story i've, I've said this on the podcast before but i've never gotten to depth on it this is a bit uh, funny but like um see i've never been to a wedding like really like, you know i've gone to like um you know a few ceremonies and shit but like i never stuck around for parties and shit i've never been to a wedding to like um to a fucking halloween 2019 it was my cousin's wedding and like uh I never danced at a wedding, so I'm like, okay, uh, what the fuck do I do? I know how to do jiu-jitsu, I know how to strangle someone, but I don't know how to fucking dance <laughs> or dance in a wedding setting. So I'm like, oh, fuck me. So I know, I asked this one, do you want to dance? And I don't, fuck. Oh, I get this. I nearly fucking hip-tossed her because that's all I could think about. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck I hip-toss? <laughs> you know, like, not, not like a proper hip-toss, but that's all I was doing. Mate, like, you are underhook. a legend. That, that is a great story. <laughs> like, that... <laughs> wow uh she's all like oh do you know any uh meringue anything? but no i know some uh, uchimata <laughs> that's that's very like that that's i rate that more in fact you know <laughs> no but in my defense in my defense i actually learned how to dance that night and then came back and done some decent shit i actually have a video of it i'll send you it later so i don't look like a complete oh, inept, inept fool yeah, you need to share it you need to share it with me I will. Okay, next question is, um, what, do you th what do you think is the next trend in fancy spinning shit? Oh my goodness, fancy trends in latest spinning shit. It's gonna come from me directly, directly from the source, you know, just source. <laughs> um, so I can't tell you yet, but there will be innovations, 100%. I, otherwise, like, if I have to evaluate trends in general, like for 
it's already kind of happening so it's not really foreseeing it but like i will see it becoming more and more popular um k-guards k-guard entries like in both gi and no gi um but for the gi players like, i would say like K-guard is also more commonly known as like the sort of like key master positions too. Key master links very closely with the K-guard into a lot of what we see as matrix and all of that. Like, I really see that that's going to be becoming more and more popular. Um, it already has a lot in the last six months, I would say, but yeah, definitely that is going to popularize in the next couple of years, I would say. Mm. Um, I wonder what is the extent of lapel innovations? Like I, <laughs> I always feel like, oh, like, there something will end but then there's a new variation i'm like oh something else is just going to be tied up like soon everyone's going to be tying like their lapel with their partner's lapel and like oh shit like we're tying a knot here like okay like this is it this is it <laughs> yeah see like uh what's the new one keenan came up with like there's always something new then there was there was first earlier this year there was lapel wrestling where he's fucking single like it's someone with a lapel weaved in between their legs and then there's demigard i'm like i haven't even Looked at demigard. Don't even. Tr I'm trying to catch up on the other shit. I'm still doing gupper guard. Oh here, no, like but you you have you have to see uh, Espen's uh, innovation called the ape gods. Like the, <laughs> the see, I'm telling you, everyone's just coming up with their own names. But like, um, I'm still doing gupper guard here, like a fucking idiot. I'm trying to get get uh, get with the program. I can't just abandon that to fucking jump on this when I'm not even good at it yet. The, the problem is with like. When, when you're learning these things, you have to learn it all at once. Otherwise, you're always going to stay behind. And they kind of know this too, you know, because in the way that everybody unveils things, it's like they will unveil only to a certain limit because they still need to stay ahead, you know, in a certain way. Like it, even the teacher that doesn't want to filter at all will filter, like they won't give away everything. As much as I say this, like I try my best not to filter as well i try to show my best moves because i want people to try it on me so that i can create something better as well you know but it depends what's at stake right um i think generally like not to again not to be controversial to like other women watching the show but like generally the men do have more difficult divisions like typically very very stacked with a lot a lot of talent whereas female divisions in general have a few key players that are really good. And then it's kind of like whack. <laughs> like, this is just me being 100% honest, you know? Like, no, I, I the get best you. women in the sport, you know? It's, no. not, it's not me, like, it's coming from a source. I'm just being truthful. No, like, it's not like derogatory to other women to say there aren't as many women doing jiu-jitsu as there are men. Like, that's a, that's a fucking statement of fact. Yeah, like, no, but the thing is, a lot of women get butthurt and like, no it's like it, there are more men and they've also been doing it longer and they've managed to have more talent because they've just been training longer as well like that just compare the black belt division between the women and men there's so many high level men in the black belt division as well in the brown belt division but sometimes like the women's division can be completely deserted you know I know, hopefully it'll change in a few years and we'll see a lot more women. In yeah, yeah, of course, like 100%, like in the next like two decades, like it will definitely change. There'll be a lot of high level women, just like, again, it's a young, it's a young art compared to a lot of other martial arts, you know? No, I get you. And we got the last question off Instagram here and then we'll get into the specifics. It's from your boy Varun. I think that's, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Like, Varun, Varun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. He's Mr. like everywhere. Mr. Short Thick Boy is like, 
how, how does she decide which dance moves to do in between rounds after i imagine that's like a, a symbolic victory thing like a war dance after you bear and bowl with someone do a little victory dance so what sort of moves you got wait so after uh, oh no it's how you decide sorry in between rounds oh in between rounds oh my it it really depends like what's the setting like am i at a competition or like am i in the classroom in the classroom i'm like like really weird in general like especially if i can dictate what the playlist is like oh my god i'm usually so it's very diverse at times like this morning it was like house music and then it went to brazilian funk but like the music is usually my inspiration so that will start to make me change the way that i dance or inspire me to dance different but honestly the most of my moves are like uh a combination of i will like ha basic house dance moves or like i'm just trying to do again like fancy spinny shit but fancy spinny shit that i didn't learn in jujitsu so i learned a lot of fancy spinny shit in contemporary dance and then i'm like oh my god i want to do this in jujitsu and pass someone's god or take someone's back so that's my ultimate motivation like just to fuck with people's minds I'm like oh i'm doing baron bola i'm trying to do a baron bola but i'm actually not i'm just doing crazy spinny okay. shit mother things but you're really a, you're a, you're a special type of sadistic you know that <laughs> <laughs> dude it's just again it's all problem solving you know so i i want to understand how much the other person knows and how good are they at pattern recognition it's like one like one of my good friends like in the when we haven't spoken so much uh, in recent years but he was one of my first training partners he said that your jujitsu is linked to your iq so at the time my jujitsu is really shit so i i took it almost i took offense at the time i was like oh my god i'm i, I must have like really low iq then like, that that's not the case like my i got really high iq so i was like trying my best to like draw off the class and like making a grand effort to just get better in general so i could like you know reflect reflect that oh i am actually a smart person but yeah it's like I, i truly believe it like it's almost a battle of intelligence really like you're not not to say like you have to be smart to do jiu-jitsu but i think intelligence is also a measure like uh how fast you can recognize things and how fast you can adapt and improvise you know and not get stuck in the situation you know if you keep encountering the same problem but you keep approaching it with the same solution and it's not working there's uh what's happening though there's like some emotional attachment or trauma that i don't know about <laughs> <laughs> no, i get you okay so guys reach a segment of the podcast I like to call around the specifics it's just a bunch of random questions some about jiu-jitsu some aren't about jiu-jitsu so margo do you want to do around the specifics 100% let's do specifics let's do it yeah <laughs> what would you say is your, <laughs> what would you say is your favorite gi in your collection oh my like gods like I, i'm so glad this isn't a quick fire question because fuck me like my gis are all over the world so like i don't even know what is in my collection right now i have gis in australia gis in hong kong in england <laughs> in, in new york um one of my favorites that i don't actually have with me because like, i wore it so much that i start to like really really fade it was a hyperflash starlight but the colorway is called petro so it's not really like i wouldn't say it's the color of petrol but it's like a, a blue variant with like um a black like it had a contrasting 
black lapel. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is this is very nice. Like two tone views. I think two tone views are like the way to go, man. Like, I think also having the same color pants and same color gear top, so fucking passive. Like, no. people need to. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, we need to like change it up. Oh yeah, I got a really good variety. gear. It's uh, gray with black lapels and black pants. I can see. It's not the best thing in the world, that's but it's, nice. it's been a bit of variation. I'm like, nice. No, that that's nice. Like for Christmas, I wore a red gear, but I had red top, black pants, <laughs> all from Hyperfly. <laughs> uh, see, for for Chris, for Jitsmas, is like, oh, I just wore. I had a blue. I got a blue Santa hat, blue gear with white trim, and then just the blue belt. So I'm like, okay. Uh, a blue Santa hat? Are you like the Smurf fucking Santa? Like, why are you? <laughs> well, like, uh, I, I was getting. I got a blue gear anyway, and I had a blue Santa hat. So I'm like, okay, uh, blue Santa or some shit. Sure, Santa was green in That's his original so depiction. He was green in his original depiction, so. It's only true coke propaganda okay. that he's read. I'm actually not joking. I'm actually, I, I actually look, not joking about this. this. I know it. you're not joking. But this is very interesting. So, you know, I was dressing, I wasn't intentionally dressing in green, but I had like a kind of moss green top that I was wearing during the day before I went to training. So I was just joking around saying I'm an elf, you know, <laughs> elf by day, Santa by night. Ugh. was like what I was going for. It's just a front. That's how people don't... Uh... He actually does do the work in the in the fucking uh, in the workshop, but he just pretends to be an elf for some shit so people don't catch on. I don't know. This is a fucking rabbit hole I've gone down. I've looked into this extensively. <laughs> now I need some extensive research after this conversation. <laughs> uh, what would you say is your favorite TV show when you were growing up? Oh, okay. If I have to think of the first thing that comes to mind, I want to say Fresh Prince of Bella because that that came to mind straight away as you asked the question. <laughs> yeah, do you know uh, Uncle Phil from the show, right? He passed away, no? He's been dead for ages, like... <laughs> I think he died in like, seven, no? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. But yeah, like, no, uh, well, what about him? Uh, he he, the old Ninja Turtles cartoon. He played Shredder in that. He was the voice actor for Shredder. I'm like, holy shit! Are you si- oh, but I totally see that. I really do see that. That's and so then, cool to know, though. And then when uh, that one episode where Shredder's whining and Uncle Phil's voice, like, I want to conquer Earth in the fucking voice. I'm like, oh my god. Oh, that, that's that's fascinating. <laughs> oh my god. That's- I see another one. Is there any is there any movie that you would describe as underrated in your opinion? It doesn't get the love or admiration it deserves, but you love it anyway. Oh, I don't know, man. I my, my movie tastes are like again so diverse and like I think it's a little bit unexpected for some people, but I'm really into fucking rom coms and shit. So <laughs> um underrated. Man, I, I honestly don't don't think I have an answer for you. Um let me have a quick think. I don't know like again like if I have to say the first thing that comes to mind like I don't really think it's an underrated movie though it's just a movie fucking like (laughs) I was thinking City of God but I really feel a lot of people have watched that and actually like like it what Um, was it again City of God oh yeah City of God that's just City of Bugs I'm like what is this fucking weird no 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 (laughs) no I will. I will have a think. I'll text you. We can. We can have an Instagram post on this if you like. 
yeah, the Instagram pe- story future. The people gotta know. It's like, uh, what was your first video game console? What was your favorite game? And it's oh, is this the question? Okay, yeah, this is this will be easier. Um, one, I think probably my first was actually the Game Boy Color. I didn't have a Game Boy, I got a Game Boy Color. Uh, do you say first game as well? Uh, like your favorite game, and it's Oh, favorite game on it. Okay. Oh, man. Like, I was a huge fan of the Pokemon franchise. So, at least with the Game Boy Color, I loved Pokemon Crystal. I know people were probably going to be like, oh, why do you like Pokemon Red and Blue? But, like, Crystal was just, like, really the innovation after, on top of that. Like, Red and Blue was, like, I I think it was um, the entry into, like, oh, my God, like, Pokemon games and, like, the whole idea of... uh, living a, a life through a game. Um, but yeah, before before Pokemon Crystal, like, oh, games are just different. Still still like super retro. I think Crystal obviously still classifies as a retro game, but it was it's already bridging. I felt it bridging into like, you know, between old school Jiu-Jitsu and modern Jiu-Jitsu, like that was like the pinnacle just before modern gaming was going to come into the world so yeah pokemon crystal i would say Mm. sure and anyone complaining that oh pokemon red and blue oh my god well it has all the shit from pokemon red and blue in it if you you can go to kanto beat all the gym leaders there get all the fucking pokemon you can do the same thing and you have new shit what the fuck i think i think the legendary pokemon and crystal are just like so legit as well i was obsessed Oh, uh, dude, Suicune is my is my man. I love that fucking. Yes, game. yes, me too, man. Like it's my favorite Pokemon, H- hands down, hands down. Uh, my favorite Pokemon is always going to be my first one. Well, uh, it's the final stage of my first ever Pokemon. It was uh, Blaziken. Oh, nice! And Blaziken's cool. I've always been like a water type person. Like ah. I just love. Like my whole energy is like, oh, be like water. <laughs> But like, actually, no, I had a joke with my friends the other day. They're like, oh, be like water. I kind of like level it up. I, I am water. You know, I'm probably a water Pokemon. I'm not a Mudkip, but, you know, I, I'm like somewhere on the spectrum of water Pokemon. Uh, I actually really like Articuno. <laughs> oh, Articuno. Oh, my God. He's the best. Oh, what was the fucking, um, the one from Gen 4, the water starter, where it's a fucking penguin. It's like Pinplup or some shit. Yeah, Piplup, Piplup. Okay, I like... Piplup, but the other two ones from his evolutionary line, the you know, the middle stage and the final stage, they suck. I'm sorry, they're shit. But he's good. I like him. Yeah, what was it? Like I, I didn't play that game super extensively, but I remember yeah. what there was Chimcha. And then there was Turtwig. I don't mind I don't mind the other starters, but it's just like the evolution of Piplup. It was like a fat, ugly penguin and then a big <laughs> penguin with steel on it. I'm like, okay, that looks like shit, but like uh, the first one's grand. I mean, it is a rabbit hole, you know, like the Pokemon creators have to keep fucking drawing Pokemon. I'm like, uh, we already drew a Pokemon like that. Okay, I'm going to just add like a clown hat for this penguin or some shit, you know, like I, I don't. This one's like, a tr- bag of trash or something. This It's a bag of trash Pokemon. No joke. Like we still, you, you still have to give them a round of applause. They're, they're, they're like trying, they're running out of ideas. Uh, <laughs> well, they sort of did run out of ideas because Pokemon Sword and Shield weren't good. <laughs> Oh, true, true. I man, like I haven't even played enough time on Pokemon Sword still, but like, I, I like it conceptually, you know, just like the viewing experience. But again, like, I think you—it's the same thing with like going back to Jiu-Jitsu for a second. Between like 
old school jujitsu and modern jujitsu, you know, like sometimes the more modern innovations don't actually amount to a classic jujitsu. Like I love Pokemon Crystal, hands down, like would still play it like today. But like, but yeah, I feel like with Pokemon Sword and stuff, almost like I couldn't kind of get stuck into it. Whereas like, oh my, I don't know how many hours I racked up on like the more classic Pokemon titles, to be honest. Mm. Oh, no, see, uh, what's this? What would you say is your most embarrassing injury if, ever, if you've ever had one? Oh, sorry, would it be oh. Jiu-Jitsu injury or non-Jiu-Jitsu injury? Jiu-Jitsu injury. Um... I think like I I pretty much jammed my toe like not in someone's butt but like they were trying to pass my gun and I, I think I was like trying to do I was trying to pummel my leg or something but like I kind of like stubbed my toe into this guy's ass so I was like oh my god like of <laughs> of of I really wish you know like every injury would have a very like heroic story or like kind of sound pretty badass but I was like not one of my finer moments also with a white belt I was like oh well for fuck's sake how do you like, think he felt really... he's how do you think he felt he's the one who got a toe up his ass <laughs> as I said not in his crack but like just like the butt cheek you know I oh, was okay. my toes my toes weren't as resilient as I thought they were so you know I had to train my toes become more resilient <laughs> Uh, non-jujitsu injury I don't know it's embarrassing per se like most of my uh I don't have the tendency to fall over a lot I, I would say I have like pretty good balance in general but like uh you know I don't know I don't have really any okay okay not really an injury but I'm pretty embarrassing I think I was like um maybe like nine or ten and I wasn't really paying attention to where I was walking I, I was with my I just got off the bus with my mother um, and I somehow walk really hard into like a pole, but like fairly thick pole. And like I banged my head so fucking hard on this pole to the point, like, I don't know, like we can count it as a brain injury probably. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I, have, I haven't walked into any poles since, but like, now, you know, you, you live, live and learn, live and learn, I say. Mm. Oh well, at least uh, it's a learning experience. Uh, do you have any 100%. nicknames? Uh, sorry, do you have any nicknames in the gym? Magochi, Merlo calls me Magochi, because you know, like uh, I think like a lot of Brazilians add like the chi at the end of the name, or, like the Zhao, like Levi is Levi Zhao, you know. Uh, and I think Maginha would sound really fucking weird, so it ended up Magochi. But you know, in a deep voice, it sounds much cooler. When I say it, it's like uh, it sounds like I'm itchy. Like uh, doesn't sound that cool. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll try to say it really like Margachi, Mar- <coughs> Margachi, or Margachi. No, you sound or like Margachi or something. You 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 sound like Cairo. No no, like Marilla is like oh Margachi. Oh, oh Margachi. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm not great at doing voices on the fly. I can't really think straight. I'm not a fucking. Oh, right. voice. <laughs> Don't worry, don't worry. You can rehearse. Your your dad and high accent was pretty spot on. Yeah, but like I spend a lot of time like mimicking jujitsu people. It's not necessarily like a like if you said, oh yeah, speak deeply. I'm like, uh, or speak highly. I'm like, uh, or fucking speak like Larry Kravitz from Two's Company. I'm like, oh fuck me, no thanks. <laughs> but I can do um. Let's see, a decent Bernardo. I used to have a very good Bernardo Faria impression. 
Oh, I, I have to hear this. You you mentioned it earlier, so now like oh yeah. All yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I just got. <clears throat> guys, huge order for me and with Margot Chicherelli. Guys, she does the fucking bolos up and down the fucking worlds. I don't know. Dude, that, no, no, that was very, that was dope, that was dope, nice, nice job. No, but I can just see Bernardo, like, in my fucking mind, shaking his head in uh, disapproval, I'm like, fuck me. I said it, no, he never, ever does that, he never shakes his disapproval, ever, because he's Bernardo and he's so fucking chill. No, he's so nice, he's really, like, gentle giant, hands down. Dude, like, his video about the huge honor for me, like, I made the best meme ever about that, like, uh, oh, guys... Uh, everyone's in lockdown, the gym's closed, the economy's in the toilet, everyone's fucking depressed. Is there any good news? It's just a picture of Bernardo saying, so guys, I'm going to keep saying who Jonna for me. <laughs> Everyone loved that meme. <laughs> you know, that that was pretty great. Because mm. uh, that is good news that he's going to keep saying who Jonna for me. Mm. Oh, that's it. Uh, what would you say? Oh, oh, this is a good one. Uh, if you could time travel to any historical period, where would you go and why? Mind you, you don't have to stay there. You can come and go, so you're not stuck there forever. Oh, okay. Let let me think. I'm really curious about um, what ancient Japan was like, to be honest. I know, like, man, like, because I'm half Chinese, half Italian, right? Like, I think, people are like, why would you not want to see ancient China? Why are you, like, being a traitor to your roots? But... I think like uh, I have this impression on myself that I'm like a modern samurai, like an urban samurai, almost, you know, like just like the way that I operate in life and I'm kind of like a little bit of a Ronin in that way. I'm really curious to see what samurai life was like in like different periods of time, like during, uh, like, you know, like how the Chinese have like dynasties and stuff, but like the Japanese have like the Edo period and so on and so forth. But yeah, I would be really curious to see what life was like for them back then. Mm. Like what, what was work like and all, all of that. Now, a really good game you should play if you can is like Ghost of Tsushima, a fucking- Oh my, <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't played it. I've watched my friend play it a lot when I was in Sweden earlier in the year. So I went to see my friend, John Thomas in uh, Sweden and he was, he was also watching actually, but it was one of our friends I was playing it nonstop every evening. So I just got to see a lot of gameplay, you know, like, I guess like it was like pretty much Twitch, like, like live stream Twitch, but in person. <laughs> oh, see. Oh, we got no, it looks fantastic, the game. Like the graphics are beautiful and the gameplay just seems like very, very open. Looks really like a really nice title. Uh, and let me tell you, the fucking story is so fucking good. It's... It, but did you, did you ever see those Akira Kurosawa films? Shit's all over them. It's it's much better. Story-wise, even if it was just a movie, this story would be awesome. And that you have a mode that makes it look like the old movies where it's in black and white, but like there's a red thing there and there's a red thing there. You know, things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. I remember like seeing a lot of cutscenes in Ghost of Tsushima. I'm like, oh, damn, just like a movie. I see. Uh, let's see. We got a bit of a no moral conundrum here. If you're up for it, see. Uh, a moral conundrum. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Come would at you, me. I'm coming at you. Would you rather cure cancer or solve world hunger? <sighs> okay. Let's see. It's like oh my, I feel like we're at a beauty pageant right now. It's like I vote for world peace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. 
Um, let me, let me, okay, let me give this a little bit of thoughts. Cure cancer or solve world hunger? Yeah. Um, I honestly think a cure for cancer would be really fucking epic. Like, I, I think, I've, I truly think that world hunger can be solved. But like, of course, you know, like our population is increasing like at such a rapid rate. But I, I think like, I think there's higher possibility that we can solve that, that. I mean, not to say that we can't find a cure for cancer, but like right now my heart is with cure for cancer. Mm. No, I get you. That's perfectly understandable. Now, on lighter notes, do you think you could pull off a handlebar mustache? <laughs> a handlebar mustache? Like, to be honest, like, I've thought about it a lot. I think I would look really great with facial hair. So I, I but facial hair, I don't think I would look good with a handlebar mustache. Like, what sort of, I feel like my personality would have to change. Like, I'd have to have some sort of alter ego. Yeah, you'd, you know you'd, have, you'd have to own tigers and do meth and grow mullets. Like seriously, like, I feel like my I would have such a warped version of like what this this is not Margotchi anymore. Like I don't know who this is. This is like Margon. Like uh, <laughs> uh, how about this? This is a good car compromise. How about like a little Spanish vaudevillian mustache, like a little Ole thing? Since you're like half like, Italian, <laughs> like, I know that's maybe not, maybe you know. maybe I don't know. Like maybe. I feel like I would have, because I'm also half Asian, right? And like, I feel like Asian men don't really get huge. <laughs> they don't get a lot of facial hair. I probably have some shit goatee and like very like <laughs> little sprouting facial hair, just like generally around like my chin region. Maybe I, maybe I have a sport a goatee. I don't know. Like a light, a light sprouting mustache and um, goatee. Maybe that, that's the way, but I don't know. I look like, do you know, like um, those old martial art movies with like, like the old Kung Fu masters who just have like oh, really God. ridiculous amounts of facial hair. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that always confused me. Cause I'm like, man, uh, do you want to get grabbed or something? Cause that's fucking weird. Like, Wait. cause it's always like, like I, seriously. I, will I will show you my style is superior. Well, I'll grab your beard that goes down to your fucking knees. And like seriously, the that is like the third lapel. Like what is Ooh. that about? Third lapel, 100%, 100%. Like, did you ever see that joke video? That's the trend. Did you ever see that joke video from Kit Dale where someone grabs his big beard and uses that to fucking hip toss him? That is a grip, just a grip on his beard. Oh yeah, 100%. And like a lot of women who have like uh, long ponytails or braids, like they've kind of used it to throw each other too. I'm like, whoa. Like your hair is fucking strong. I'd be like so worried my hair will get fucking ripped out. Oh, that reminds me. Like one time we were at Nogi class. And I, there's this girl. She's a fucking beast. She just got her brown belt. And like, she's a fucking top knot there. She had it there that night. And coach is doing some fucking takedowns. Like, okay, yo, guys, this is a grip that's only recently come into like popularity. So you might not be aware of it. So like, uh, it might look a bit silly, but it's very, very effective. He just grabs her top knot and like ankle picks her. And it's just as a joke. And she's like, you fucking asshole. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh shit, that's, that's innovation though, you know, we have to look outside of the gi 
especially in Nogi, you know, like we have all these fucking rules and parameters can't grab the rash up. So, you know, you, you have to look outside the box. Sometimes you've got to grab a top knot. I mean, like, to be fair, though, I don't want to say that out loud because I have a top knot. So I'm not endorsing people to grab my hair because if you do, then oh, I, I consider myself pretty zen, but I don't think it'll be that zen as long as. <laughs> no, I understand. Like, that's the least zen thing that would that you could do to someone. Grab your top knots. Okay, now, uh, are you ready for the last question? Ooh. Go for it. What would Go you say? It. What would you say is your jiu-jitsu spirit animal? And you better not say that picture of my dog I sent you. Oh my days, jiu-jitsu spirit animal. I truly think I'm like a bird, not a fish. As much as I spoke about fish earlier, but like. I, I do in, in general, even if it was outside of jiu-jitsu. So I think for me, jiu-jitsu is just a it's a medium. It's gonna sound so wanky. It's a medium to express my personality and myself, you know, like the way that I want to fight is very closely linked to my personality and other character traits. Um, like I'm very non-confrontational, doesn't mean that you know I won't fight, but I'm not going to really always fight in the most aggressive way. I would consider my style of fighting to be more playful more than anything. But like, just like a bird, like I, I'm kind of like trying to fly away from resistance and stuff. Like if someone's trying to come and fucking attack me, like I'm flying away from that shit. Like not running away, but I'll fly around it and find a way to the back take or I'll find my way, you know? But I'm happy to like move around. I'm not like necessarily always hunting i'm not necessarily like you know i want to consider myself like a lion you know like rawr, and <laughs> try and um yeah no, i don't think i would aggressively hunt you know i'm just like more unassuming but yeah a bird which bird i don't know we we could discuss further uh, like, about a, uh, later on how about a pocono swallow or something perhaps like i've been called a crane a lot but like i feel like i would be a smaller but i don't know if i'm a crane <laughs> uh, how about a kiwi or something a kiwi i, I feel like they don't move that nicely no <laughs> well they, they can like get a, kind of... a penguin an ostrich an emu oh god no i'm not an emu fuck that oh my god have you like seen any emu they have razor safe razor shot claws yeah but like they don't move like pretty they like move like a fucking emu i don't even know how to like well say what you want about that. emus but they 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 won the emu war they emus actually beat human humans in a fucking war one time i'm not joking the fucking there was an infestation of emus in australia and fucking the australian government like set up made this whole operation and shit the fucking kill a bunch of emus because they kept eating people's fucking crops and shitting all over the fucking floor because there's too many of them <laughs> they got they got these guys gave them a bunch of fucking guns a shitload of ammo and said okay kill some motherfucking emus and they only killed they killed about fucking a hundred of them ran out of ammo and they had to fucking call the thing off so the emus won the emu war I'm very impressed by like all these fun facts that you know, like just general trivia. This is, you should have a trivia section, a segment, Rob. <laughs> nah, I tried to just sprinkle it in, otherwise it'd be information overload for some people. And plus, uh, no, it's good. It's tasteful, Andrew. It's tasteful. 
I imagine an emu is tasteful. If you killed an etu, it'd be tasteful. That that's that was very good, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so guys, that's the end of the podcast. If you wanna follow Margo on anything, it's at the Nomadic Mars, and her, of course, in the show notes, her fucking her YouTube channel will be there. I shouldn't be saying fucking YouTube channel because it's not a fucking YouTube channel. It's a good YouTube channel. <laughs> if you want to see her, I'm she- very appreciative of your endorsement. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed. Oos. Once.